Houston. You're live in the hive with the Killer Bees, Joel Blank and Jeremy Branham on ESPN 97.5 and 92.5. He's Blank on Branham. So I was uh, a show prepping today. I'm not going to take credit for this question. I'm going to give the um, the proper praise for this question that it deserves. This comes from a guy named Sam on Reddit. Yeah, he asked this question for the first time I saw it. Which is tougher to achieve? What the Kansas City Chiefs have achieved, six straight AFC championship appearances, or what the Astros have achieved, seven consecutive ALCS appearances? That's a great question. Because Thank you. Thank you. Because you think about it from the standpoint of, obviously, the NFL is a more violent sport, so injuries are going to occur a lot more frequently. Um, and, and that that factors in. But what the Astros are able to do when we talk about hot teams and how baseball changes and fluctuates when you know the the dominating records don't matter come playoff time in a lot in some cases when you get a team that's really hot at the right time, um, they're both unbelievable achievements. I kind of lean football because of just the fact that it's overall just such a violent sport and injuries don't just happen every now and then. Injuries are like such a regular occurrence that people just understand that, hey, that those are the breaks. If one of your great best players goes out for the year, replace that player and move on. And I think it's tougher to do that. Uh, it's tougher to do in both sports. I think it's tougher to do in football. So uh, I'm going to lean I'm going to lean with the Chiefs. Okay. This might come as a surprise to many people, but I'm going to disagree with you. Mm-hmm. The, the reason now, – now health is very important. I think health is you know, critically important to both, but it's – I would say it's more important to critical positions. Like you can, you mentioned like Willie Gay earlier, one of the better defensive mm-hmm. players Kansas City has. You you can you can still sustain a loss to a non quarterback or a non like top three player and win in the NFL. And maybe you can do that in baseball too. But if you look at the great dynasties, like in the last let's just call it twenty five thirty years, more have come from football. And why? Because I think if you get that quarterback and coach, you can sustain winning. Now, you have to avoid injury, uh, but I, I think that's the case for any sport, really. Like, you know, if Jose Altuve's hurt, your chances of winning go down as well. Now, of course, if it's, if it's a quarterback, your chances go down even more. But, like, who are the great NFL dynasties in the last 20 years? I think of two. I think of Kansas City, and I think of New England. Mm-hmm. New England won tons with Brady and Belichick, and now Kansas City's getting to a ton with Andy Reid and Pat Mahomes. The reason that I say it's more difficult for what the Astros have done than Kansas City, first and foremost, it was one more. Like, they, they went one more time, and I think that one more time gives them the edge. And then secondly, baseball's a crapshoot sport to me. Look at the best team in baseball every single year. Just go look at their regular season record every single year, and what's their winning percentage? It's not going to be nearly as good as the best winning percentage of the top NFL teams. So baseball is more of a coin flip sport than the NFL is. So to be able to do it for seven straight years in a coin flip sport I think is more difficult than what Kansas City has done. And, and look, that's why I said it's, it's such a good argument to have because there's a case to be made for both sides because talking out of both sides of my mouth, but we're looking at it and going, how many times were the Astros the one seed? They were dominant a couple of times, but over, over time they were also able to come and persevere uh, from a lower seed and find a way because they got hot at the right time. I think when you look at it, this is the year where you look at from Mahomes' perspective, look, if you just want to say from the standpoint of you were always at home until this year, you, everything went through Kansas City every single year. I mean, that's a huge benefit to have no matter what sport you're playing come postseason. 
The fact is, is they didn't have the receivers they were, everybody said. They didn't have the kind of weapons they had in the past, everybody said. And they had never played on the road, and they did it this year. From the standpoint of, you're right, from, from just that alone, baseball should get, uh, it is tougher because of the fact that when a team gets hot at the right time, it doesn't matter what your regular season record was. Look at during the, what was it, the, the, the COVID year when the Astros had a, had a really horrendous regular season for the most part. They just, they, they limped, they kind of squeaked in, but then they got hot and they rolled. So I think that you can factor in both, you know, both sides of this argument, and I don't think there's a right or wrong answer. I just think the physicality of football um, and the fact that we see it all the time that you could lose. You sound like, uh, you sound like the LSU coach there. <laughs> the did I? You said you said you had a little Southern twang. Little, Where did that come from? I don't know. Maybe <laughs> that I burped. Was awesome. Maybe I burped I mid-sentence A.J. Hoffman. Uh, you <laughs> you got to find that there, Joe. The, when he said football, uh, <laughs> that was awesome. Uh, Joaquin says uh, Blankers is right. It's football. Raza says I think baseball would be slightly tougher. Joe, do you have a, an opinion one way or the other? Yeah, I, I, lean, I lean towards that it's harder in baseball just because of what, what history tells me. And, and history says that, like, there, there's all these teams. If you go back to the 90s, 80s, 70s, there's way more teams in football that win and, and have success in chunks than there is in baseball. Like, besides the Yankees and then the Astros, like, what do you have over the last 20 years? You have the Giants who won three World Series but missed the playoffs the two years in between. Yeah. And they, they won, lost, won, lost, or won, missed. And you have the Red Sox. Like, yes, the Red Sox broke their curse. They won a lot, but they had a lot of down years, too. Where, like, in football, you have you have the Cowboys. Even the Bills lost, what, three straight Super Bowls, whatever it was. I just think there's more consistent winners in football than there is in baseball. Bills lost five straight, didn't they? Was it five? I, I thought it was four. four. I think it's four. Four straight Super Bowls. Like, that's a great run. They didn't win a Super Bowl, but, like, they went there four straight times. There's just, I think there's more consistent success. Like once you're at the top, you're kind of there. It's hard to knock you down. It's, it, I, I agree. I think it's easier to sustain, sustain that dominance. And I don't know like why exactly the answer is that way. I would lean quarterback because the the comp like the one common of those teams. Maybe I mean Buffalo had had Jim Kelly. He was a great quarterback, but that roster was just so stinking yeah. good. But recently, you have Pat Mahomes. Uh, you have Andy Reid to couple Pat Mahomes with. We think Pat Mahomes potentially uh, could be the greatest quarterback of all time. I think he's the greatest quarterback talent. The greatest quarterback resume is Tom Brady. So Tom Brady was able to like sustain a level of dominance for the New England Patriots for some uh, you know really long time. Eight eight zero seven brings up a good point. They protect the quarterback so much that they rarely get hurt. You know, you know how, what's the probability of a quarterback getting injured? I don't know. But it is important to keep the quarterback healthy if you're going to have this long period of success. And the texter is right that they do have all of these rules in place now in an effort to try to protect the quarterback because the quarterback is the star. Uh, six, eight, six, uh, 6856, hands down, it's football. Y'all just said how important a quarterback is to a team. But in counterpoint to that is it once you have that quarterback, he's just so much better than everybody. So if we're establishing the quarterback as being this like great holier-than-thou position, which we all think that it is, once you have the best, it's almost an upset if you don't get to a conference championship game. Well, yeah, but it's also still a challenge because even though you're right, Joe, that there was you know there, you can have the parity that you can have. When you look at it, because but you look at like Baltimore had a, has the quarterback, they have the two time MVP, but severely flawed. Like people say, he sucks in the postseason. Right, but but you're the one seed. I'm just going by the fact that as a team, you were dominant, especially this year. You're dominant more than any team in the, in the entire league, and you're blowing doors off of the best teams in football. 
and then you come up short. Well, it, they got to the. I mean, we're talking AFC Championship appearances. They got there. Yeah, but uh, again, I just think that I just I rely on the sheer violence because in baseball, it, it, the injuries aren't to that level. Yeah, there's a Tommy John here or there, or the, that they can be severe. But we, you know, we've seen the, the how the how quickly even the best players. When they're not playing, and it's not just the quarterback, but obviously it starts with them. But you could lose if Debo Samuel's doesn't play, or you could lose like a stud in the past. It would be a stud running back, and yet it's just like you're not supposed to bat an eye. You just have to make it work and get better and win games. Baseball, you you have you know you have five starting pitchers. You have you know seven game series. It's the magnitude of the one and done too, where the fact that you're not playing in a series. It's like if you have an off day. You're done. Whereas in baseball, you have an off day. You, you could live to see another another game in the series. But it's 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 easier for a more dominant NFL team to win than it is for a dominant baseball team to win a series. Like if you go, I mean, that's the reason that the records are so staggering. Win loss record for the best teams in the NFL. That's why you'll have a fourteen and three team, and the best teams in baseball are winning, you know, a hundred and five games. The win percentage is drastically different in the NFL. And even though if it's a one game situation versus a best of five or a best of seven, it's more likely for the dominant team to win that best of one than it is for a dominant team to win a best of five, best of seven. Because if you think about it, I mean, the NFL playoff is one of now 17, whereas a Major League Baseball playoff could either be three of 162, five of 162, or seven of 162. What, what, you're talking about the entire run of how many games they have to win? We're talking about the ratio of what the playoff series is versus to the regular season, yeah. Yeah. I'm talking about the series length. Yeah, the series length, but in totality, you have to win more games in baseball to get there than you do football. I get that. But I look at the Dodgers every year. The Dodgers have the best record in baseball. They've been dominant in the regular season. And then... Uh And then, and then they crap the bed well, in the a, playoffs overall. The I know, I'm saying I'm talk, that's a point to your side. But then I also look at, like I said, the Ravens being the one seed, and they can't get it done. And, and there's something to be said about the wild card teams that have won it to Joe's point. When we were well, talking the Ravens about, did. You keep saying the Ravens. The Ravens did get to the AFC Championship. They, they did check that box. But winning it all. I, but but you're, I guess you're right. The, the, the question is phrased to just get to the, to the championship game. So that's my bad because I'm thinking about just like solidifying it by winning it all. Yeah, I mean, even like the, just like the Chiefs run is absolutely incredible. I think what, what just – for me why it's, it's the Astros is more impressive is just because we haven't seen this happen since the, the Yankees in the late 90s, early 2000s where like someone is consistently going this far every single year – where, like, the Chiefs, the Patriots just did it. Like, the Patriots were doing this basically every single year, just like the Astros were, just like the Chiefs have been doing. So I think that, to me, is why it stands apart. The Braves did it for, what, eight years? You're talking about the United Well, they won their division, right? No, the Braves oh, went, oh, no, I guess Braves went right. to the NLCS eight straight years. Yeah, and even then, like, now, I, I, not to discredit that team, but I do think that we have to. You, the playoffs were different back then. Like there were less series, like than what the Astros have gone through. I, I would yeah. say too, it, 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 and everything changes. But the fact that you've had the same quarterback the entire time, when you look at our core four for the Astros, has changed. The, the, the you know the pitchers have changed. There's been interchangeable parts, and now we're down to what three remaining from from the the entire run. But when you look at it. Mahomes has been Mahomes the entire time and, and the, the unequivocal guy that gets him there. Yeah, that, that, that's my point. Like, I think if you have that quarterback, it kind of – I'm not going to say it makes it easy, but I will say that it makes it easier than a baseball team. And the, the Braves did it uh, – now, the, what's tricky about the Braves is 
they, there was a strike in 94, and there wasn't a playoff. So they did it in eight consecutive postseasons, but there was the strike of 94, mm-hmm. and they were in second place. Like, they were in second place in the strike in 94. So, like, would that have derailed that long stretch that the Braves had? Who knows? But, I mean, they were 68-46. and 46. They were six games back of Montreal. Remember, that Montreal team was unbelievable uh, whenever they, they had the strike. Who was the other point you were talking about? The uh, Oh, the 49ers is the point that I was going to make. Like, the 49ers have done it four of the last five years. Like, and I know that's not consecutive. It's not quite to what the Chiefs have done. But four of five years without a real quarterback. Like, that's what's kind of crazy about what San Francisco's done. Now, some people would say Brock Purdy is a real quarterback. Um, yeah, it's a, it's a good conversation. Zero eight one zero eighties 80s and 90s football is a bad example due to how free agency worked. Then I agree to that. I don't think that you can go far that back because free agency is a lot different than it mm-hmm. used to be. What yeah. about the difference of playing a series versus a single elimination game? And the kind of touched on that. I, I, I'll take – I think it's more likely for a favorite to win a single playoff game, football – than it is for a favor to win a series of games in baseball. Mm. Well, I, don't, I thought you were going to say, yeah, that's a man. I don't know because you know you can have you can have throwaway games in baseball because you know you just either you're not we're talking gonna, about postseason though postseason. But in postseason, you, not you, your starting rotation, you, your your fourth or fifth starter might be hot garbage, or even your third, and you might just throw a game away, or just you, not necessarily. You're not going to throw it, obviously, but you know that you're probably going to get beat, knowing that you can bounce back and get one of your two big horses or one of your you know best pitchers or out on the mound the next game and still win the series. Whereas if you have a quarterback that you know lays an egg, Lamar. Then you're probably not. You then you're done. You're going home. You can't live to fight another day. So that's the point I was making earlier about the difference between the fact that in a series you can bounce back if you suck, whereas if you suck in football, you're done. But if you have For a quarterback, do you suck in football? Like that's like <laughs> if you have a Mahomes, it's almost like a cheat code to get to the AFC Championship. It's almost like a cheat code if you have a Brady because they're not screwing up, they're not messing up in that one moment. And I see what you're saying. Like in Game Four of a best of seven, you could yeah. lose eleven to three, but your ace on the mound the next day, he might he might have a really good game, but your offense can't score. So, but and the, and the injury thing too. A lot of people thought, well, Cincinnati was primed to go on a run, but then the minute you lose Burrow, you lose everything, right? That that's it. So as good as it, it, Mahomes is obviously on a, on another level for a lot of reasons, but one of them too is his ability to avoid injury because we know that the Patriots maybe could have had more, but you know Brady got knocked out that year and they didn't make the playoffs. So the the, the injuries thing to me is the first thing that came to my mind and just the overall physicality of of football versus baseball but yeah there's an argument to be made for both sides which is tougher to achieve Kansas City six straight AFC championships Astros seven consecutive ALCSs 7137803776 it's the killer bees on ESPN 97.5 and ESPN 92.5 hey before we go to the break another word for daisy dips look this weekend we had the daisy dips ready to go so that means everything every everything's ready to go and tastes great from the kids then what they they want to dip the chips um they want to get in there and and, and get some of the the, the, the carrots and the veggies in there, well, that's fine. But then for the adults, it's the pizza. It's the wings. It's all the different foods that Daisy Dips make better. And the best thing about it is with all the things that you're trying to do and all the details you're trying to wrap up, getting every, all the food ready for the weekend, all you got to do is go to the grocery store, and while you're p- 
picking up different things, like picking up your favorite beverages, just go to the dairy aisle and pick up a couple of tubs of Daisy Dips. They're resealable. They're French onion. They're ranch. You know it goes with so many different things. The ranch goes great with the pizza and the wings as well as all the different chips and, and the different veggie plates. But so does the French onion, and it makes everything taste better. So regardless of what kind of game the game turns out to be, people are happy because they got fed well, the food tasted great, and they give you the credit for doing so. And you're a winner even if your team isn't. Check them out today. Go to your local grocery store and grab yourself a couple of tubs of Daisy Dips. Killer Bees want to send you to a little concert. How about that? The American rock band, the Black Crows, are coming to Houston for their 2024 live tour. Call our 5 to 713-780-3776. Wins a pair of tickets. See the Black Crows at 7 at the 713 Music Hall on Friday, April 5th. Get your tickets now at LiveNation.com. Black Crows, Friday, April 5th. Uh, tickets available right now. LiveNation.com. That'll be a... Really good concert to attend. All right, 713-780-ESPN, HRMP listener line. What is tougher to achieve? Thanks to Sam on Reddit, by the way. You're the real MVP here, Sam on Reddit. Uh, which is tougher to achieve? The Kansas City Chiefs' six straight AFC championship appearances or the Astros' seven consecutive ALCS uh, appearances. This texter, 713-780-ESPN, in a seven-game series, the better teams mostly win. And I think that's probably where this argument gets decided. Uh, and, and maybe it's pretty similar. I'm just going to go the last three years here. And keep in mind, we're talking about making the, the league championship series. Yes. We're talking about making the conference championship series. Is the better team – and now so, – so we eliminate the best of seven, by the way. Like, if you're talking about getting to an LCS, you've eliminated the best of seven. Now you're talking about winning a best of three in baseball and winning a best of five in baseball. Now, if you're good enough like the Astros uh, were this past year and many of the other years, you're not playing in the wild card series, so it's one best of five series to get into the LCS. Now, a lot of these football teams only have to win one game if they get a bye. Uh, wasn't the case with Kansas City this year because Kansas City was uh, didn't have the top seed. The best teams winning a best of, not seven, best of five, because you're talking about the uh, the division series, not the LCSs. Let's remember that the Texas Rangers were a wild card, right, when they mm-hmm. beat Baltimore. Mm-hmm. Now, Baltimore had 101 wins. Texas had 90. Texas won that series. Astros over the Twins. Astros were the better team there. Let's go to the NL. Philadelphia Phillies beat the juggernaut Atlanta Braves in a best of five. Braves had won 104 games. Uh, this is last year. Look at the other division series. Arizona Arizona knocked off the ju- 84-win Arizona, beat the 100-win juggernaut L.A. Dodgers. That's last year alone. Yep. No, you're after- 2002. I can go further. Want to go a little further? Sure. Let's see. 2002. Uh, Yankees beat the Guardians in a best of five. Yankees were the better team, although the Guardians did have 92 wins. Uh, the Astros beat the Mariners. Astros were the better team there. In the National League, you had the Philadelphia Phillies, 87 wins, beat the Braves, 101 wins. In the other division series, you had the Dodgers beat the 111-win Dodgers in the division series. You see far more upsets in the wild card series and the division series than you do in the NFL pre-conference championship. Yeah, no, that's that, that, that's fair. I, I think, look, the argument or the discussion get, gets into the one and done versus the, the the ability to survive a series. And I'm thinking back to some of those games. And by the way, Keith from L.A., you just have to take your medicine there because the Dodgers showed you exactly what we've been telling you. But when you look at it, yeah, you can be a great team and you can falter like Baltimore's done recently, but you also, you know, you got to bring your A game because there's no live to play the, to win a series. But, you know, 
a lot of times you're right with the seating and everything else that that comes into play. I just I just keep going back to the fact that no one's trying to take your you know rip your head off and and everybody we we all know every athlete in the playoffs is playing with some kind of injury. It's just that with the physicality of football too, it, it's just so much tougher to say that you you can't with all the load management in basketball and all the ways that people try to save their players and give them extra days off pitchers and otherwise football man I mean they're just they're dinged up all year they're playing hurt the majority of the season and and I just think it's harder to replace the one injury that you to a key player in football than it is in baseball yeah uh, I hear it is definitely more physically demanding but if you can keep that quarterback upright sure. and your quarterback's elite you're, you're gonna win uh, Honey Glaze Branham baseball. Uh, football players usually don't just lose it in midseason. And all, although all the talent is there, the players sometimes just can't put it together. Uh, what sport, what other sport has the varying degree of success per player from season to season? That's a great point. Because if, like, you're a really good football player, you might have the occasional bad game. Like, even, even like, the really good receivers – like we think they have a bad game because they didn't have like this huge statistical performance when in actuality it's because the defense was focused in on that singular player and it probably opened up other things. Tyreek Hill is an example I'll use here. Like we think if Tyreek Hill doesn't have a 10 catch, 100 yard, one touchdown game, that Tyreek Hill did not perform well. Well, maybe they just bracketed Tyreek Hill, they sent all their attention his way, and they opened stuff up for Jalen Waddle. So, like, even their statistically bad game, they were highly effective for what the offense was able to do moving the football. Like, you, you see great players all the time just have a random – like, Frommer Valdez was kind of this way the second half of the year. Christian Javier, Hunter Brown, um, where they just have the second half of the season. It's like, whoa, that's but, not who they are. Yeah, but let me ask you this, Jeremy, and I don't, I don't know that the, I know the answer to this, but the, what just kind of popped into my head as you were saying that is, which sport do you rely on your teammates more? Because it seems like in baseball you mentioned Fromber, but it's the individual, and it's football. It's all on Fromber, yeah. Or you, you mentioned Tyreek Hill, but if Tua's not getting him the football, even if he is getting open and he's doing his job and he's one of the premier guys at doing it in the league, right? there's a chance that he could fail because he's relying solely on another teammate to get him the football and how good or bad he is. if the quarterback was great, what do you think of the confidence level of that quarterback? And that's why the great quarterbacks have such a huge advantage over the not-so-great quarterbacks, which is why it makes it easier to do it in the NFL than it does in Major League Baseball. Okay. 7949, star quarterbacks plays every game. Ace pitcher only goes one out of four. Um, yeah, I don't really know how that pertains to this conversation other than the star quarterback is really, really good. Uh, 713-780-3776. 3-8-6-3 brings up a good point. Uh, I think it's harder in NFL because the league stacks the deck against the winning teams with schedules and lower draft picks are more impactful in NFL. I really like that counterpoint because the NFL does do a good job of strength of schedule. They try to bring more parity and definitely uh, first-round draft picks in the, you know, not even first-round draft picks, the top three, the top five, the top ten, those impact the game much quicker, mm-hmm. obviously, than baseball. Baseball, they don't impact for three to five years uh, in, so, in most cases. So let me throw this at you, too, okay? So if you lose – so I think in baseball it's easier to replace an injury than it is in football, especially when you're pertaining to when you when we're talking about the quarterback. Yeah, it depends. Because if a quarterback goes is. down, your season's basically over, you're, and yeah. you're not going to be nearly as good no matter who you try and, and put a Band-Aid on it with or try and trade to get. Whereas if you have a, a, a starter go down in baseball – by the trade deadline, you could replace that said starter with a guy as good, potentially better, but let's just say for the sake of the conversation, you could get someone to fill that role to a pretty good degree before the season is even you know, over. 
Yeah, well, what if it's what if it's Jordan Alvarez? Depends on what team's willing to sell what 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 they got, right? There's still a chance that See, you I could get a, a, not not maybe you're not getting Jordan, but you right. could get a very high level outfielder to, or bat to replace <laughs> him. Whereas if you lose Tom Brady or you lose Joe Burrow, you yeah. ain't finding another replacement that's going to walk through that door and and, and learn that playbook and do sure. what's necessary. But any other position, I think you can survive. Other than quarterback, I think you can survive any position in football if you have the quarterback. Mm-hmm. Like, I think it takes that quarterback, though. Uh, I lean towards a, a baseball dynasty being tougher since you're asked to win a best-of-seven se- series and have to perform more consistently versus a one-and-done game. It's tougher to get great consistency than maybe for just one playoff game. That that goes back and forth a little bit, but we just went through – I think baseball is just a coin flip sport. Like, even in a best-of-five, even – well, that's not very many games, but a best of three, a best of five. We're not really talking about best of sevens here because we're talking about qualifying for the league championship series, and that's when the first time a best of seven happens. Baseball is a super coin flip sport. Like, it, it just – it is. The best The best teams win 60 65% of their games. The worst teams lose 40 to 35% of their games. Look at the NFL. The NFL, you routinely see a 13-4 and four team, a 14-3 and three team. Uh, now, I know you recently added that 17th game. And then look at the losing teams. Like, how like – how, how often do you see a 2-15 and 15 team? Pretty often. How often do you see a 3-14 and 14 team? Pretty often. Where baseball is much more packed together because it's a coin flip sport. Baseball is weird. Uh, football, you can just be better than the other team and you're going to win that game more times than not. Uh, but a good conversation. Yeah, yeah for I, sure. I, I definitely six one way, half a dozen the other. No doubt about that. Uh, 713-780-3776. Thank you, Sam, on Reddit. 713-780-ESPN. Speaking of baseball, are you surprised the Astros didn't bring back Hector Neris? And given their contracts, would you rather have Hater or Naris? 713-780-3776. Killer Bees, ESPN 97.5, ESPN 92.5. Hey, now is a great time to have a MyBookie account. We just got done with the conference championship games. But almost every single night with all the sports going on, with football still going into the big game, and with college and pro basketball and baseball getting ready to start and all the different sporting events, even NHL hockey, you have a chance to make any uninteresting or not as interesting sporting event on television more interesting by putting a little cash on it. Just go to MyBookie.ag. And MyBookie.ag is all always taking care of you, the customer, because it's not just whatever money you can put in. You can double the money you put in right now with the kind of bonuses that they do, and you have more money in your account instantly, more chances to put more money down on games, and more chances to win because of the way they take care of you. Just remember our promo code, BET975. Use it wherever you can. That promo code opens the door and doubles the amount of money when you either reload or set up your account with MyBookie.ag. Anything from 50 bucks to 1000 bucks. When you use the promo code BET975, it doubles almost instantly, and you see the results. If you put 100 in your account, they'll put 100 on top of it. 200 now in your account gives you more money in your account to bet on games and more chances to win. It's absolutely fantastic. And what about when there's not games going on? There's a chance for you to use that money in live casino gambling like blackjack and poker and even roulette because the live dealers are standing by, and you can get in on Vegas-style games when there's no games being played or even when there is. It just depends on what your fancy is and what you like to do when you're gambling. But always remember our promo code, BET975, because that's how you get that extra dough. Start playing today. Go to mybookie.ag. Use the promo code BET975. Do what I always tell you to do. Bet anything, anytime, anywhere. With the only place I tell you to do it, it's mybookie.ag. Informed opinions are oftentimes presented here. You're locked in with the Killer Bees on 97.5 and 92.5. Live from the Veritex Community Bank Studios, here's Joel Blank and Jeremy Branham. 
He's blank. I am Branham. We are the Killer Bees on ESPN 97.5, ESPN 92.5. So uh, Hector Neris uh, signed a deal with the Chicago Cubs. He, he doesn't want to play relevant baseball in September, <laughs> so he signed with the lovable losers of the Chicago Cubs. The uh, the terms of the deal, a lot of people saw the one-year $9 million and like, oh, super affordable, which is. I mean, one-year $9 million is super affordable. But then we, we learned that the uh, there is a player option for the following season, that if he gets to 60 games, he gets a $9 million option the next year. And then there's also incentives that could bring the total to 23, just over $23 million over two years, which, you know, it's $11.5 million for uh, Hector Neris per year if that does convert, which I would be shocked if he doesn't get to 60 games. That would kind of take a uh, – it would take an injury, I think, uh, for Hector Neris. Mm-hmm. So this isn't the $15 million per year that we thought. This is pretty affordable, $9 million, maybe it's $18 million over two. If he's hitting the incentives, you're probably happy that he's hitting the incentives because it means he's pitching well. Uh, what did you think of uh, the Hector Neris contract? And you surprised that the Astros didn't do this deal? Well, I, I think after they signed Hayter, I, w- I had finally convinced myself that that you're not getting Neris back because I wanted Neris back. I thought he was really good. Uh, and the first thing that scared me off was when he did. He and his agent did say they were looking at whoever said that there. He and his agent were looking for 15 plus a year. That was just ludicrous. But when you look at it now. I'll take Hater over over Neris, and I'm, I'm I'm even a little better with the money because Hater has proven year in year out and and time and time again that he is dominant. Like you know, Neris was a closer for the Phillies for like 88 games total. He's had his ups, he's had his downs. He's had some good years here. He had a really good year last year. But when I look at the two, and I look at the, you know where the team is at, the fact that you could add a lefty that is as dominant as Hater has been, and then put him in that bullpen and sign him for the length of the contract that you got him for, I, I think you can look at him and say, I know what I'm getting every single year because that fastball translates no matter what because he's had he's been dominant and because I like the way that he you know takes it to the next level in the bullpen. Neris was really good, but I don't know how much longer he's going to be really good. And, and I don't know, at, you know with the age and everything that factors in, if he's going to be able to be as consistent as the consistency I've seen from Hater, So I feel fine with what the Astros did, and I've been the biggest supporter that I wanted Neris back. But good on Neris for getting what he did, but it did seem a lot more affordable than I was expecting him to get it because I thought he was going to get $10 million plus. He turned down a player option of eight and a half, so it's not like he really cashed in here. He, he gets a half a million more. Now, he does get a second year if he hits those 60 innings, and now it becomes a player option, which maybe he pitches well again, and he turns down another player option at $90 million. Uh, I don't know. It's a team option if he doesn't convert that. So it's kind of interesting that he turned down $500,000 to hit the open market. Now, I, I expect he thought he was going to get more. Um, the $15 million, I'm sure, was a, a, a direct order to the Houston Astros that, hey, you spent Rafael Montero money. We want Rafael Montero money. I'm I'm with you in the sense that once the Astros got Hater, that was it. And I'm not even completely sold mm-hmm. that they would have signed a reliever if Graveman didn't get hurt. So even if even if that's not the case, even if I'm wrong there, the Astros had one relief pitcher move in them. They had one relief pitcher move in them. So this wasn't a Hater and Naris situation. Right. Like other people, well, you could have also got Naris. You could have also got Naris for the middle relief at one year, nine million. No. As soon as you got Hater, you were done signing middle relievers. It closed the book on Naris, even if he would have signed a, like a league minimum contract with you. Hater was the closing of the book on the relief pitcher spending in the offseason. As far as the, like, 
Neris Neris's numbers were better than his like expected numbers, which I know that topic can get annoying. He lost about a couple. He lost about two miles per hour off his fastball. Um, the expected numbers. He was his ERA was supposed to be a lot higher than it really was. Which nowadays, and general managers, they don't pay you as much for what you did. They pay you for what you, they expect you to do going forward. So I think the the general managers kind of wisened up on who they think Hector Neris is, is, and that's why the the contract wasn't massive, like we thought it could be. And then the the second part of that question: Hater at nineteen million per versus Neris at nine million per because that's that's a that's a huge difference mm-hmm. and last year's numbers hater was i mean i think hater was better last year than Neris, clearly but was he 10 million dollars better you could argue last year that he sure. wasn't but i think going forward i expect hater to continue to be a dominant late inning reliever for the astros that might i mean probably will uh, demote presley to the eighth demote abreu to the seventh it makes you better in the back end i think being better in the back end makes you a better playoff like team and your chances of the World Series or at least navigating the playoffs to get to a World Series increase. And I'm not like to what you just said. I think it's a really good point. I don't know what Neris is going to look like for the next two years, mm-hmm. the next three years. So I'm 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 cool with spending the more money, like the more money on Hater than Neris. And I also don't think that it cost the Astros a move here because you could tell me, well, if you sign Neris, you could also have gotten like Jorge Soler. Would you rather have Neris and Soler or Hater? And now you have this really confusing conversation. I don't think it costs you that. I don't think the Astros are playing in that market anyways. This isn't a Hater or Neris and another player. This is flat out Hater or Neris, and that's the end of the conversation. And think about this too, Jeremy, because of the fact that Neris was a Houdini kind of escape artist last year, but a lot of it was self-inflicted. He he set himself up for some uh, some tough situations that he pitched his tail off and pitched his way out of. But a lot of times he created his own danger, so to speak, and that was also an issue. And the fact that from an Astros perspective, they saw it backfire going and spending a little bit more and giving multiple years to Montero and it didn't work out. And you saw Neris, to your point, that the, the, the miles per hour went down a little bit. You know, there was there was some things to look at to think of the sustainability of what he was able to do last year versus a guy that just flat out has been one of the most dominant relief pitchers in all of baseball for multiple years. And there's no signs that it's going away anytime soon to where if you maybe commit a little extra dollars, but it makes sense because he's going to be on your team. And like you said, he, he basically makes it a six inning game most nights with the three dominating guys at the back of the pen that you have. And maybe this is a different conversation if Montero isn't on the books for, uh, you know, 11 for the next two years. And maybe then it's a different conversation in terms of, and I agree with you, that if Graven doesn't get hurt, this conversation may be totally different too. But because of the fact that you have Montero still on your books too, this wasn't something that they were going to be willing to do regardless. But I thought he was great last year. I don't know how long he could sustain that. I just don't think there was a secondary move here. Like it, it wasn't Neris and an outfielder or Hater. No, it was uh-uh. Hater or Neris. And then if they make the decision to bring a, it's not going to be a top level outfielder. It's going to be a backup caliber outfielder. Then then they'll do that regardless if it was Hater or Neris. Plus, like everybody, all that we hear all off season was that Crane needs to spend. And then when Crane spins, he spends a lot on Hater. And I haven't seen a whole lot of people say that they. Sh- I haven't really seen anybody uh, say that they should have signed Neris and not Hater. But this is why. Like this is why all of our, the, our listeners that were saying that Crane was cheap. This is why because he's not spending big money on big free agents this off season. And then he did. And then he did. So 
That should Think satisfy. About it. Who saw that this coming? To, the people. To, to, to the point that the we kept making on the show, no one saw it coming. No one saw them spending it on a relief pitcher. We were talking about a bat or a middle relief pitcher, but not at this dominant of a salary for that many years. And yet, Crane was willing to do it because he thought that this was the the best way to like get you know to give the, the team an advantage. So, yeah, you can't say he's cheap, and you can't say that he isn't willing to do what's necessary for this team to continue to win because this is a big-time move. But, you know, to, to a certain degree, too, as much as I like Naris, I just I, – if you told me you gave you had to give him five years, even three I think would be too much. Oh, yeah. Yeah, because I just, I just don't see him being that effective for that long of a period of time. Now, if you would have said this before you had Hater, I think a lot of people would have been ticked off about it. Oh, you could have had Naris on a two-year, $18 million deal where the second year is a team option or it's a player option if he hits 60 games. They would have been upset. But because you signed Hater, no one's really nope, upset. It no might one. be like, oh, we could have had both, but the backup is, well, you also got Hater. So it's like, oh, okay. You shrug your shoulders, shrug emoji. Uh, Joe, how excited are you that you have Hector Naris uh, for the Cubs? Uh, I mean, you want to compare and contrast deals here. I hate it. They act like they're a big market team and they don't spend any money, the Cubs. So I'm like, I'd rather have Josh Hader every day of the week over Hector Neris. It's fine. Like, we'll see how he does. I, I'm concerned that, like, last the last two years are more, you know, fluky than for real. But we'll see how it works out. He'll be a good eighth inning guy. Is he going to be uh, the eighth inning guy? Yeah, he's not going to be the closer. Who's their closer? Uh, uh, Aldizay, I think is how you pronounce it. Oh, okay. It's but like he, a lawyer or whatever. Yeah, but he was hurt last year, so he, he'll be the closer this year for sure. Neris will be in the eighth. The, the the pitcher that they brought in from Japan, he's he's a starter. Oh, he's going to be a starter? I think so. I don't know. They only have like three starters if he's not. So. Yeah, I've read he's a starter. What do they have? Steel and talent. They still have Tyon, don't they? Yeah. From the, the Woodlands High yeah. School? Yeah, and then they have uh, Hendricks still. Tyon had a good second half of the year. Yeah, he's he's solid. He's shown flashes, yeah. Well, like, they're they're going to be an okay team. They might win the division, but good yeah, luck. Right. <laughs> he was decent with the Yankees. <laughs> I said they might win the division. They weren't far off last year. <laughs> it's not a good division. <laughs> he said they were going to win the division. They're going to be useless by September. We know the story for the Cubs. They were in the uh, playoffs until like the last like two weeks of the season. Who's going to beat them, the Brewers? Yeah, they got hot under David Ross. <laughs> they're, they're Cardinals not, are going to have a resurgence. It's not, it's not a good I, division. I, I actually kind of like the Cardinals. I kind of, yeah, they spent some money in the starting pitching. They brought they, in Sonny Gray. Their they offense did. ain't bad. Like I, I actually, I, I also think they severely underperformed last year. I think their roster was way better than their record. So I actually do like them as a dark horse. I mean, I haven't looked at uh, division odds yet, but if I can get St. Louis at like plus five hundred, that'll probably be something I'm uh, also, super eager in doing. Maybe it's just the one. The one, what's the kid's name? Uh, Cruz We're, from the Reds. O'Neill Cruz. I, no, that's the Pirates. Uh, Ger- is it Geronimo? Oh, you're thinking Geronimo? Ellie De La Cruz. Oh, yeah. Ellie De La Cruz. That there's guy. Ellie yeah. De La Cruz. He the makes Reds? Me, they yeah. could be sneaky good Reds next are, year, Reds too. Reds are a really talented young team. I forgot about the Reds. I think the Reds are the best team in the Yeah, division, they're really actually. good. They just didn't add anything this offseason. So. See, they kind of did, though. They, they added, they added like, three middle-of-the-pack rotation arms, which will help them eat innings. And their best two pitchers didn't pitch much last year in Hunter Green and Nick Lodolo. The Green's like, a beast. They're, I think that they're... I, I now you're. I'm going to go look up stupid NL Central futures now. I wonder if they even exist yet. They I do. do like the Reds. Uh, if Cubs, I get the Reds, you <laughs> Cubs, brought it up. Cubs are the favorite. Uh, well, <laughs> it depends sure on that. where you, it depends on where you look at. Uh, DraftKings has the Cubs at a favorite plus 180. Uh, BetMGM and FanDuel has the Cardinals at plus 150 or 180. The Reds yeah, you can get too, plus 390. Reds plus Would you four. Say the, you Brewers? say the Reds at plus 450? Yeah. 
Oh, I'm playing that. That's on. Oh. That's that's FanDuel, but Brewers are not in this mix at all. I mean, they're still you don't there. Think so? No, I'm asking because I think that they still are. They still, you know, they're going to get they're going to get some of their injured players back. They're obviously never going to overspend, but they're always super solid. It's the most. What's like- Ryan Braun up to these days? I think it's all the Brewers. No, no, yeah, Ryan no, Braun's not. probably fighting with UPS guys. Um, trying to find another partner for a restaurant after <laughs> how, <laughs> everybody pulled out when he got caught with roids. How's his? Uh, how's their offense? Well, I mean, Yelich had a better year than he's had, but that's Zero not pop, saying much, yeah, because yeah, he never has panned out to what they thought they were getting when they signed him. We well, got a story on him. What? He's still in signs. Oh, fact. Okay. All right. Well, allegedly, I mean, you know, they're always the ones that try to resurrect careers or get guys that have underachieved and then they achieve big. Uh, the shortstop that came from the Rays is a perfect example, but they don't have any guys. He's been good. Yeah, but they don't have any like big time names that are going to stand out and knock your socks off. But they've been solid every year. Yeah, that, I, they, they're in the mix. They're in the mix. I just don't think that their odds are going to be good enough here. And I think the Reds have the most talent. The question will be, are they experienced enough? Uh, because Milwaukee I, I lives on pitching. Milwaukee has lived yeah, on pitching, pitching for years. Yeah, and even yeah, with Hader in the mix for years. Yeah, I, I do like their pitching. They'll, they'll be in, they'll be in play. They'll be in play. I just, they're probably where are the Brewers in value? Probably like what plus two hundred. No, Brewers are plus five hundred plus four hundred plus four fifty. Wow. Okay. Wow, that, that's not terrible value either for a team that can pitch a bit. It's just the it's the, it's the most mediocre division in baseball next year. I think eighty five so games. You're wins sleeping. It. You're sleeping on the Reds. All right, let's get to our car wreck of the day presented by CarWreckTexas.com. What are you nominating for the car wreck of the day? It's Killer Bees on ESPN ninety seven five and ESPN ninety two five. You all right? <laughs> My leg is broken. The bolt's oh, coming see. through. Let me see. Let me see. Ah! This is the Car Wreck of the Day brought to you by CarWreckTexas.com. Car Wreck of the Day brought to you by CarWreckTexas.com. Send your nominations to 713-780-3776. Jeremy's gone. Have you heard at the very end of the segment that you could hear a hotel phone ringing in the background? I heard it. I come back into the studio, Joel, and I just hear, Joe, Joe. Joe, I'm like, Jeremy, what's going on? They kick you out? He goes, yes. Jeremy got kicked out of his hotel room because he's been there too long. He's past checkout. He got kicked out. Well, that's the car wreck of the day. That's a good nomination. We have so many. We do have a lot, but just think about this now. If you are planning ahead and you know you have a set radio show time of 3 to 6 and you do realize that if you're on the road in a hotel, you normally could just call the front desk. And let them know, special circumstances, we got this going on. The hotel normally wants to cater to the big blocks of rooms that they sell, especially to, like, universities and things. Can you plan ahead? You could get around that. Yeah, so I don't know if Jeremy didn't plan ahead Hmm. or if just he was there too long. So Jeremy got kicked out. So that's our first nomination. Uh, I'll nominate. Does that get a horns down? Yeah, horns down. Okay. Um, I'll nominate myself. Slash Andrew for putting the wrong intro to the show. Not to start. An- Andrew does your dirty work? Well, or- he loaded it because he always does. He's a kind, wonderful gentleman. But he loaded the wrong sh- show intro. So it's his fault, but it's my fault because I didn't check. But I also am confident in, J- in Andrew's work. So you let him so, load for you, but then you blame him quickly when it doesn't go correct. Well, it's not. I mean, he did. Yeah, that's why it's a mutual nomination. Okay. Uh, and then we have to nominate Jeremy, because at the end of the first segment, 
he was giving your Twitter handle. And then he said, I'm Joe George Radio, talking yes, about did. himself, yes. Jeremy. Yes, he did. So that also gets nominated. Okay. Uh, I'll start with the obvious. I'll start with Dan Campbell. Yeah. Because there's a lot there to unpack, which we already did. And I'll see Dan Campbell and follow up with Zay Flowers, because Zay Flowers also contributed mightily to the fact that his team didn't have the ultimate success that, not that they were going to win the game anyway, but it sure would have been a hell of a lot more interesting if he didn't continue to screw up and compound his idiot behavior. Yeah, so like Zay Flowers is, you, you have, first of all, you have the taunting penalty, which 90% of the time, I don't care. Like, I even saw Joe Burrow was like, let him taunt. But he he literally, like, he threw, did, he committed every sin. He stepped yeah. over him, he spun the ball at he him, he was talking at him. to him. Like, that one, I get it. I'm not going to be, a, a lot of times they call those, and I, I don't agree. This one, I, like you said, he checked every box. Yep. If it was just one of those things, that'd be it. But he, he checked every box. Then he has the fumble as he's getting to the end zone. Then he hits his hand on the bench or a helmet. Or cuts his hand. So he cuts his yep. hand. Like, just Well, then there bad was the day. play where uh, Lamar was extending the play. It might have been the same after that drive or maybe in, inside the red zone. And he was so busy yelling at and getting into a verbal with the KC defensive back that the play was still going on. He didn't realize he could have gotten open. Yeah. Uh, also, Roquan, like, what are you doing? Oh, the 15 instead I mean, of 5? Yeah. It's, it's, I get that you're doing that to just reset 100%. the downs. Yes. But you don't have to go knock him on his keister violently yeah. enough to get a 15. But with that, I have to nominate Romo because they clearly did not know that it was intentional. And it's like, as they're showing the replay, right. it's like, you could hear it like almost like a producer going in Tony's ear and being like, hey, that might have been intentional. And they did it on purpose to reset the downs for a first and 10. And then like it clicked and you just started kind of rambling about it. I'm just going to nominate Tony. He stinks. He's really fallen off. And a lot of the reports you read were like, hey, early on, he was really putting a lot of effort into it, and he was going to practices, and he was really, you know, kind of all in on the production meetings and stuff. And now they say he just kind of mails it in, shows up when he feels like it, and thinks that his ex-quarterback mentality, reading plays, is what people sign up for. And he does a lot of ex-Rockets announcers doing the, yeah! <laughs> well, he, Whoa! he also doesn't do the whole predicting plays thing anymore. Like, his little gimmick that he started with that most quarterbacks can probably do, he can't. Now, I think it's that he can't do it anymore. Because when he first started, he would just come out of the NFL, so he knew most of the offenses. So now I don't think he can as much as before. Like, he never ran a Kyle Shanahan offense, so he doesn't know what they're going to be doing on every single play. There's so many. I'm just going to roll with two. Whatever is going on with this whole Greg Olson, Tom Brady thing. Oh, my God. Because Greg Olson's He's great. He's so good. And, and, like, the fact that they're going to, like, if, if if they're smart, like, these these broadcast crews, Greg Olson can leave for a number one job. Tony Romo should get fired today or as soon as the Super Bowl is over, and they should replace him with Greg Olson. Because good luck, Tom Brady. You're not going to be as good as You Greg say Olson. Greg Olson is a free agent? He is if he gets a number one job. It, he can't like wow. he can't but go somewhere but, else and be a two or three. But a couple years ago, they upped Romo to like eighteen mil a year, yeah, or some ungodly thinks, number. You you got to ride that out before you make a move because he's obviously going to get it regardless. But there's got to be a hard conversation about him putting some more effort into it. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I honestly, I never enjoyed Tony Romo on the broadcast when it started. I thought it was too gimmicky. 
the, the screaming and, and yelling. I liked him predicting the RPOs and, and, like, being able to call a play before it happened kind of thing. But you're at a certain point, more guys are able to do that, and then the fad wears off. All right, what's our winner? I mean, it's a stupid question. I mean, I think that, first of all, by the way. We have so many choices. It's also ridiculous that BYU made their fans take the shirts off that said horns down. It's college. What are we doing here? Yeah. Uh, I think it's Zay Flowers, actually. I I mean, I'm going to go. I'm going to just. I'm going to blame the hotel for kicking out Jeremy. <laughs> so now it's the hotel, not Jeremy? Well, I don't know. So I'm, I'm going to go, whatever the answer is, I'm going to say it's their fault, whether it's the hotel or Jeremy's fault. Who breaks the tie? Brian, is it Zay, Brian, Flowers, is it Zay Flowers or, or Jeremy's Jeremy getting... ho- in the hotel? Jeremy. He says Jeremy. Well, there you go. All right, Jeremy wins. All right, that does it for us for the Killer Bees. We'll all be back tomorrow at 3 o'clock. Joel Blank on Twitter at Pac-Man Joel. Jeremy at Jeremy Branham. I'm at Joe George Radio. I'm with you for another hour. The bullpen, myself, Brian McDonald. That's next.